we woke up and the sky was like apocalypse color. <laughs> it was terrifying. It was so weird. I woke up and I was thinking, like, it's going to be like six o'clock, you know, in the morning. You know, it was like ten, <laughs> and so I went back to sleep. Got back up at like noon. Which yeah, I just don't do, you know. I'm, I'm up. I'm I know working. I woke you up. I had to call you. Yeah, yeah. It's just not a thing. <laughs> and it just uh, the, the sky was lying in all kinds of fucked up ways. And then I came out and everything is, you know, I got a 60 foot stage back here that's covered in. It was you know, terrifying. It's covered, in, it's covered in people's memories and their homes and beautiful forests and little deers and that's uh, it's kind of gnarly if you think about it. I mean, this state is burning from one end to the other. Um, uh, Oregon's getting a big bite. Uh, Washington State is on fire. Yeah, even our, I mean, I know we have a lot of people affected in this shop. That's right. And uh, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, we were just talking to Winston about it. And it's like, wait, well, he got moved to a shelter yeah. from his house. And all of a sudden he got moved again. It's they like, moved him out of the shelter because the shelter became threatened. Yeah, yeah I'd just right. be so crushed. Yeah, they moved him a further 30 miles out. Not three weeks ago, me and my chick were dealing with this down in uh, the Monterey Bay area where the little Carmel Valley fire was creeping up. We could see it from the opposite side of the, the valley. And um, yeah, it's, it's a super weird, lame thing to be happening. Yeah. Um, but people are pulling together and keeping care of each other, helping each other out. I know that uh, in the case of Winston, they were able to get, and I know this is happening in Louisiana too, where they had the two hurricanes come on shore. Yeah, it was all the, the Red Cross. The man. Red Cross are just reaching out and helping people out with, you know, housing pets and, and uh, uh doing all kinds, putting people into uh, hotels and all this logistical and important work. So if you guys, you know, you get an itch and you, you got a couple extra bucks burning a hole in your pocket, we highly recommend you donate to the Red Cross. They do some amazing work. They're keeping care of a few of our friends that are running from this thing and trying to, you know, fingers crossed, like with Winston, who's just over 40 feet over there working on an S6L for us. Uh, we hope he's got a home to go to. So, um, yeah. you know, he's Any over way you guys can donate and, and uh, aid in that would be very much appreciated. Hi, Pat. It's good to see you. Yeah, well, it's, uh, we got a couple. We got a Patrick, who's our, our good friend from Switzerland and one of our guys we work with. And highly, Pat, it's great to see you. And Pat O'Doul, thanks, buddy. We're sending that package out to you now tomorrow. Hey, shout out to Patrick O'Rourke, by the way, oh, too. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. Uh, we got some stickers from you. Yeah, one of them, we, we realized that one of them says, COVID stole my festival yeah, to 2020 and COVID stole my gigs 2020. We appreciate these. In our case, it's actually both. <laughs> we do festivals and gigs and they blind stole them. Thank you, Patrick. We're sending you out a little goodie bag. You know, I got the most wonderful girl in the world. I'm not kidding now. She's like, she's, my Betty is. Oh, I met her. She's a sweetheart. She's like heavy as you shit, right? You lucked out. Well, yeah, I really did well. To deal with your shit? Oh my God. Right, and then, there's that. and then there's that part. I mean, I wasn't even talking about that, but yeah, the kind of saintliness that, you know, allows her to put up with my friggin' shenanigans. But, you know, she got the sign. That was her deal. She's in business and she, she does this in her private business that she owns. And so she knows about, you know, kind of branding and getting swag in the house. She got us pens. We got pens. My face, my pens. face is on a pen. What the hell? Finny's got them for uh, you now. And we got cups. Look at that. We got cups. And then we got business cards. I even put his name on a business card. I made up a title. I don't know. Yeah, I put something about, uh, uh, it, it was too too naughty to. Side, side shoes or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put albatross, co, <laughs> co albatross. We got, and we got comment cards. You know, I've been waiting on the little blue and pink and whatever cards. Now we got, look, I got my face everywhere. This is basically an extreme exercise in narcissism yeah, that's really happening right here, it. right now. You're really pushing your Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, actually, I'd like him to do an extreme close but he won't do it, you know, because I've asked him over and over. See, he zoomed in on your gut. <laughs> he knew. Yeah. So, yeah, we're doing some weird shit in here, and a lot of it's because my Betty uh, thinks outside the box and it's super sweet of her. We love you. Thank you, honey. Um, uh, you know... Uh, What's going on with your AW users group? Oh, okay. So, you know, I admit, like I mentioned before, I administer, I'm the administrator for uh, the Backstage Pass, 6,000 guys in that one. It's really tight kind of group we keep to the core real yeah workers. they're all focused specific yeah, they're, in the they're, industry. they're working and and retired badass roadies types then we got death by loadout which is you know it's more touristy and we got a bunch of roadies a bunch of our people in there too but some of the klingons a little 
kicking around the service. So that, that got that one up to 14 grand. But we got this uh, kind of a service site from one of our favorite vendors. You may be able to tell we have a love affair with EAW. We, so we're, we, we use many vendors, amazing gear. EAW happens to be one uh, that I'm good friends with, you know, the people that run that and love this gear. So we're sitting behind in front of uh, 24 EAW Anya's adaptive gear. Yeah, it may gear. or may not be a shout out to Bernie at all. Uh, no, no, because, you know, his head's big enough, but that's the Bernie Broderick gear um, and uh, Tom Petty's rig actually behind us. Um, so we wanted to mention a really good little group called EAW Users Group. It's an open group on Facebook. And if you're down with the EAW products and the EAW way of doing things, you might jump over there and check it out. Uh, it's a cool little page. It's got some great shots of some uh, applications of their gear. And they're a hell of a company and one of America's finest. Enough said. Shoot over there if you're, if you're still inclined. No, what else we got going that I'm we telling. didn't mention? Right, remind me. We got the lovers and strangers stuff dropping <laughs> yeah. on Sunday. I swear I was going to skip right by that. Not, not on purpose, but just fun, you know. It's, it's, you know well, it's a big deal. We've been working on sometimes. this for a while. Yes, we have put a lot of hours, particularly, uh, you know, Michael Brown, to be fair. Michael Brown, our director, our uh, co-executive producer, um, really spent, I want to say, 80 hours on this thing, clipping it down from, I think it was it like 29 incredible. songs into a, and into a viewable um, live uh, project that took place in this very space, and we threw in a drum riser and all the you know, bells and whistles. And uh, it turned out phenomenal. And I think they're doing something coming Sunday. up. Sunday at 8 a.m. for the international broadcast and 1, 1. p.m. Yep, you got for it. The, for the kind of national broadcast. Um, if you guys want to check it out, it's on stage. It, uh, you just have to create an account. It's um, give what you can. I think the tickets are up there for like $3.50. So whatever you can give would be uh, greatly appreciated. It's worth it too. We they really did. They're they're a heck of a fun band. Um, great guys, good friends, love them, and they did a great job. And I think we were able to capture it really well in the space that we built here. And uh, I think you guys will enjoy the ride. It's a, it'd be a good investment in your time. We sure hope you turn it, tune into it. Um, you know, as usual, we're always trying to get some some interesting people in here. The goal of the show is to reach out to kind of ha have guests on that are, you know, you've seen we've had some of the top videographers, definitely a lot of uh, top badass uh, audio guys, lighting guys, staging guys. We've got wardrobe people coming up to be on the show and talk about their craft and what that discipline in our business. Um, well, we've got we've got the world's best caterer coming. I know that sounds a little odd, but this guy's a badass. Steve is, like, he's, he's I love that guy. Man, and his the food, like, really, right? You know, the from, burritos like once a week have been. Yeah, yeah oh, he rolls in and hooks you, us Steve. up every so often in our production meetings and hangs out with us. And he's just a, a hell of a guy. He's got an account down the way, some corporate thing he dials them in. You know, some yeah. rich people thing. But um, regardless, so so of course, what I'm trying to say is the goal of this show is to to uh, reach out to people that have a, a vast array of knowledge in the game and uh, some of us have spread our knowledge over many of the different kind of lanes that are in the audio part of this and tonight's guest is a great example of that he was born in la and he later moved to peru i think when he was five he's got family down there very musical family uh it, he uh, got into the game early early on He's since worked for some of the biggest, you know, on either side. He's, he's equally comfortable on the monitors or in front of house. Uh, he's worked with Christina Aguilera, Gwen Stefani, um, um, let's see, Enrique, both, both the Iglesias, is Enrique and Julio, which are, I mean, these guys put ass. Brother. How's it going, man? Oh, buddy. Thank you, for, it, thank you for inviting me and being here. It's awesome. It really is our pleasure, really. Your resume reads like a who's who of the pop music world. Um, it's impressive, it's fun. And we, again, you know, trying to cover some bases here, Eddie, we, we reached out to you because you're in a special case. You occupy this kind of special lane. And let's, we'll get into it. Uh, again, I mentioned that you were born in L.A. and you moved off to Peru. Yep. Talk to us about your musical family. I know you kind of, music comes natural to you. It does. It's, it's you know, it's in our veins, as they say. You know, my, my grandma on my dad's side, my dad, my cousins, yeah. everybody on our dad's side, are music, you know. Yes. Sir. My my brother, my cousin, bass players. My brother, my other brother's a drummer, producer, engineer here also in the Bay Area. So it was very natural to me to do that, and and I had access to a lot of the equipment and and to the uh, arts of 
mixing because my dad ha was also the owner of a uh, like a nightclub restaurant that has shows with usually five different artists a night. Wow. One of the things that I noticed that I'm kind of persistent and maybe a little too confident, but the guy who was doing it at the time there, and I was like maybe 14 or so. Okay. He was like, it was always feeding back when he was doing it, and I would just go in and say, hey, excuse me, let me try something. Sure. This is just out of me reading books that I would always buy from here from the States, reading books about sound and stuff. Uh -huh. And I would go try things, and I would get rid of it. And my dad will notice, and the employees will notice, oh, when Eddie's doing it, it's no feedback. Like, it just works. Right. And of course, there was feedback because our speaker was set up behind the stage and like, or pointing at the stage. Sure. It was not the proper setup. Sure. But nevertheless, I got rid of it, and people started noticing. And I, I really discovered that passion of, 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 of really doing this. And it's, it came naturally. I was very fortunate. And I had access to the equipment. You know? yeah, yeah. My dad had a four-track and things, so I would always record him. And, and learn and, and, and do things like that. Or Sounds very organic. Very, it, it was, it was. Yeah, and, like you, you said, know, naturally. Very, very lucky to, to be able to be around it, you know, surrounded by it. Yeah, we, my brother and myself grew up very luckily in a very, very musical household, and that led to us being really interested in music and later, you know, going to shows and staying too long and ended up pushing yeah. gear, and it's a very similar thing. I know that you, uh, and you're going to have to help me with the name, but in 2001, you were a part of a band that won an ASCAP for Best Independent Group called? Orisha. Orisha. Talk yeah. to me about that. What was uh, that? When I moved to the Bay Area, I was, uh, you know, my brother was here already, my cousin, and they got together with this guy named Rowan Jimenez, who was uh, uh, the leader of the band Orisha at the mm -hmm. time, Latin rock kind of vibe, alternative sure. rock, if you will. And... I started mixing the band first. So I was mixing the band front of the house and, and, and just, you know, doing that part of the, of the job. And then next thing you know, they go, hey, you know, we want to add this keyboard sound, but we don't want to, we don't have means to play a track. Can you play them from front of the house? I'm like, sure. So I set up a keyboard and I will play a song on keyboards. That's fun. And they will play along, of course. And then next thing you know, they added another song to play keyboards. And before you know it, I had a microphone and I was playing hand percussion and triggering samples and things like that. And at some point they go, you should just join us on stage now. Like we should just, you can't be out there anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I became a member and, and we played for many years and we were fortunate to do, you know, get that award. And we released a few albums that, that you know, did pretty good, you know? Uh, and, and yeah, it was a, a fun time, but my, my passion was always in mixing. You know, I was always doing gigs and traveling and coming back, playing the, the gigs with the band. and. Then going somewhere and mixing and uh, even though I enjoy playing my my passion was always mixing yeah at yeah. the end of the day I know? totally understand but I did mix all the demos and and uh, up to the point that I left I was mixing all the demos and and, and records that we ever released you know so that was kind of also helpful for me to be where I'm at now yeah it sounds like a um you know another natural very natural segue to to be where you're sitting now yeah. with you know kind of an amazing guy uh, come It came from, from there too. Uh, Rowan, uh, uh -huh. this amazing singer from Venezuela who was the leader of the band. When I was mixing at the time for them, we were playing all these really shitty bars for not to call it anything else and that their equipment wasn't working or this and that and I would somehow make it work, somehow make it sound decent even if they only had one or two microphones. And I would manage to make it work. Yeah. They start getting compliments. The owner of the venues would be like, man, our equipment never sounded this good. And sometimes I would get the gig at the club too, which was great because at the time I didn't work full time doing this. And so it was really good. And then he kept saying, man, I don't know how you did it. It's almost like you did some kind of brujeria, you know, some kind of wizardry or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Know, witchcraft or whatever in, in English. Uh, so he started calling me that. And then during the same time, there was a big wave of uh, uh, rock and Spanish bands. Besides us, there were many that came up from Bay, the Bay Area. And I started producing their albums and mixing their albums. And, and they were always, because they knew me as that, they started putting on the credits always, you know, mixed by Eddie El Brujo Caipo. And it, and it just caught on. I guess people from that point forward just associated that with me somehow. You know, I didn't give, me, give the, myself that name, but... Somehow it's a good name it, to it have. Yeah, it's stuck, and it's, it's kind of cool. It's a good cool. name to have. It reminds yeah. me of our friend, the, um, was it the Mixing Wizard? 
Wizard. Oh, yeah. The Sound Wizard. We have a friend named that has a company called The Sound Wizard, and every oh. just every so often I got to bust his balls about it because it's. Now it's in funny. Spanish, call him a brujo. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was nice because you know uh, Rowan, you know, sadly he passed away in December, but he was uh, a very energetic, always very uh, uh, in touch with nature and things like that. So the fact that he he gave me that name kind of meant a lot and I, I i kept it at this point because most people know me as such so sure sure why not, it's know? a good nickname yeah it's true. Uh, everybody here gets nicknames i'm yeah. usually the guy who issues them and they're not always so flattering i know and so you did good you, you would think they would call me eddie the prick type or something yeah. like that, but no <laughs> if they could they would definitely for me i'll tell you what um uh, i know you did some uh, you know you've done some we'll get into it in a second here but i just want to do this one little jump this last yeah. little jump before we get into the rock and roll uh sidecast work when we'll uh, dig around in that x factor some, i'm talking about you well know? it's mostly i had the well if, talking about the broadcast part it was mostly when i was with the artists you know uh, on those particular shows i had sure. the opportunity to do that and work with them through the broadcast even up to recently when we were in, in vegas uh, uh, with Gwen and her residency, I did the, the broadcast mix for uh, Gwen for uh, Jimmy Kimmel. For and so, so whenever that artist presented me the opportunity, then w that's what I did with, with TV, you know, and I've done all of them, you know, with, uh, with Enrique, we've done, you know, the Grammys and we've done, you know, uh, uh, Dancing with the Stars and all those type of shows. Sure. You know? Well, you, you mentioned both of those artists, uh, Enrique Iglesias and yeah. Gwen Stefani. And if I'm not mistaken, like you were supposed to be out, our co-host was supposed to be out with uh, Lana Del Rey. And I think South America. We were going to send you down South America. Is that the right? South America. Yeah, we we had you on booked on that. You were gonna. You should have been just wrapping up with Gwen, with Gwen going into rehearsals for with, with Enrique, Enrique to finish out the year. You were going to be booked all year this yes. year. Your, your schedule was packed yes. with pop show after pop. I mean, really big. Yeah, this shows. year was going to be a very busy year. Enrique yeah. can go to places and put eighty thousand people on yeah. seats, right? I mean, yeah, he I does mean, some we play big stadiums fucking shows. and arenas. Worldwide, yeah, yeah. Right? I don't, I don't know if the whole audience gets that. Enrique puts asses in seats. He yeah. really, they really yeah. his, and, his and following and, and is really loyal. And some remote places sometimes, you know, where yeah, you wouldn't think sometimes that there's an audience to even come see you, but they're always sold out and yeah you know he does he does really well yeah yeah he does yeah. and his dad and i know you've worked with his dad yes. and so his for dad. enrique i did monitors uh -huh. for julio i did uh from the house yeah and and, and he also sells out places he kills Even it. now yeah. yeah no he murders it his crowd yeah. is ridiculous like mother yeah. i count my mother amongst her fans of his and they just love him for the last eight years he's great to work with and and like wow. i said the shows are pretty big and yeah. and elaborated and and uh, uh but they're fun his music is fun so that's it right. a breathe that's right that's exactly right talk to us about i think you did uh you were monitors with christina aguilar are they monitors with christina yes how, how is it like working with her i know it's a it's a very there's a lot of uh, stage stuff a lot of uh, dancing and yeah there's there's uh, dancers the band is smoking and of course she's amazing you yeah know. she's a belter she, she's yeah i mean she can sing that one it's funny how that works i mean you you know you hear of course on recordings and it's a little you think, tiny wow, thing. that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just tiny. like that big. Yeah. And then uh -huh. what comes out is, is pretty impressive. <laughs> she can be right here, and it sounds like she's right here on the mic. It's so powerful, you know? Yeah. She's and and she knows, you know, uh, you know she's uh, one of those artists that is very demanding, and she knows what she wants. And Yeah, it must have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so when you do a show like The X Factor or um, Dancing with the Stars, I know yeah. you've done that one. Um, is it the challenges many and multi different in uh, than doing live shows? Is what's what's the what would you you take well, away from doing Well, first of all, both? you're on their timeline. You yeah. Know? Uh, just like when you know when we're working like this show, for instance, this yeah. resembles you're a lot house. of those yeah. Yeah. productions that they do on, on big networks. You know. Right. Um, it's just their timeline. You're on their schedule. You do whatever they want. How they do it. There's a lot of waiting. Mm -hmm. You know, and then it's, it's it's very different in that sense. Yeah, it's not like a, a steady stream of things that are happening. Sure, just audio related because there's so many things. You know, all the different disciplines out of line Correct. up and you know, kind of shake and, hands and, and of course come you, got, you got monitors. You got a small front of house there sometimes, usually for the audience, and then of course broadcast and 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 you know, and for the most part, a lot of those shows, you know, they're not always a hundred percent live. They do usually, you know, sometimes track two live vocals or mm -hmm. depending on what what the production demand is you know right but it's it's uh, it's also pretty cool because it's you learn a different way of working 
You know, you learn a different that what we do live in concerts is not the one and only way. That's correct. You know, you always pick up something from from somewhere. You know, you can go do a club, do a corporate at a club. Mm -hmm. You're gonna learn something from those. Just learning from everywhere you can and and being able to do those those TV shows and having access to see all of that and how they work with all the studio stuff and the cameras and the lights and how they work as a team. That'll help us, you know. It always helps us to be better at what we do in our department, you know. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, there's nothing like getting the game up, you know, getting your skills up by stepping into different arenas and yeah. you know feeling it out and borrowing. As, yeah, of course. As we you know, do. and never, you know, I'm always been never been afraid of asking questions. You know. Yeah. Always yeah. ask if you don't know something. Ask. None of us are born knowing everything, so we just gotta ask. You know, That's I right. don't know how to do that, or how did you do that? And most of the time, people are very courteous and nice. And, oh, this is how I did it. Check it out. Sure. They get excited. Too. It's all the different disciplines. This is the grumpy bunch. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of crap uh, on my page about that, on my pages. But I think it's somewhat of a stereotype. Because there There's were some couple... videos of, like, grumpy club yeah. engineers. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's, yeah, there's, it's a whole subgroup. But there's a, one, a friend of mine's got a group called Grumpy Roadies. It's, you know, it's just a thing. Sometimes you'd be out there with trench foot after 40 days on the road and, you know, dysentery and <laughs> yeah. I'd be a little tired and a little grumpy. Um, I know you were without with um, Steve and his boys in Smash Mouth. Yes, sir. Um, spending time doing their gig for quite some time. Talk to yeah, about Smash I did. Mouth. They're a lot of fun. I will say maybe about nine years with them or something wow. like that. But, you know, there was a moment where I, I was doing other stuff and then I would come back. And with them was a great, great experience because I, I got to, I started with them on monitors. And then... Uh, Later on, when we lost a front of house engineer uh, and we were traveling without one, uh -huh. and we did it for a while using local people, at some point I said, look, you know, I'm normally a front of house engineer. I'm just happy to be doing monitors with you, and I would love to just let me go do front of house because your music, you know, produced by Eric Valentine, like, is yeah. so good. Yeah, that's really good, man. That I, I feel that the local people are not necessarily going to know your music because they're not traveling with us. And they're not gonna know what this, you know, the nuances are, and I think in all the effects and this and that. So let me try it, you know. And I tried it, and they loved it, and so I moved to front of house. So then at that point, I was doing both. I was setting up monitors and and then going to front of house and leaving someone local to run their monitors. Right. Uh, so I did that for a while. So it's sort of a very family-oriented kind of kind of band, kind of operation, I will say. Mm -hmm. It's a little smaller, but it's pretty cool. The music is super entertaining. They still do fairly big shows and festivals. That's right, yeah. And but I pretty much done every position with them. You know, monitor front of house production to manager. I even used to play percussion, electronic percussion live with them from the monitor board. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that was fun. I always liked multitasking, so that was kind of a little bit of a challenge, but of fun. Yeah, sure. And uh, just because I, I was, I, I just wanted one more challenge. I. I added a headset on top of my in-ears and I was calling spots and lights <laughs> oh, just for fun. <laughs> uh, but it, it was, it was uh, we did it out of necessity in a way because sure. there were moments where we would travel places where we didn't have all the departments covered. Then right. I, was, I was able to step in. I, I'm the type of guy who, I don't just look at my position. If I can help the next position, a bit, I, I will try. You know, if it's something that I know, you know, or friends of mine who are doing backline, they, they maybe, I know how to use a pedal board and they haven't used it yet. Oh, check it out, check this, this sure. thing out, whatever. So I, I try to help out whenever I can. But, so that kind of happened a little by little, I started piling up my, my duties. Yes. Did, you, uh, did you ever work with Patrick? I did. Uh, I met Patrick uh, through our drummer, Randy, and uh, uh, you know, I introduced him to the band. It's interesting, he was, just came from Australia, I think, at that time. And, uh, I said to you, why don't you babysit the console monitors while I'm doing front of house? That way you get familiar, they get familiar with you and see what happens, you know? Sure. Um, and yeah, and that thing took its course and we did a few more shows and then, you know, I had to be able to do something else and I put him in there and, and it worked out and then I came back and, we did, and then eventually, you know, I left and he had the gig. So he, he was with him for a few years as well. Oh, we did uh, the Under the Sun tour uh, which was with Sugar Ray and Jim Blossom, yeah. and I got to work with them too because of that as well. Uh, we did a, a even during that tour we did TV shows, so uh, I mix uh, broadcast for for Jim Blossoms on that occasion as well because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's 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 almost like it, 
it's all connected one way or the other, you know. And that tour was pretty cool because it was all like '90s bands. Vertical Horizon was there too. So yeah, and that all came, you know, uh, at the time where I met uh, Patrick. So so yeah, I don't think he works with them anymore, but I uh, but he did for a little while. Yeah, small world. It is. I mean, we you know we're all gonna bump into someone that we know at some point. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. I actually think the, that, and I could be wrong with. I'm pretty sure I'm not. Uh, I think Chopper Kovic, our good friend Chopper Kovic, uh, is working with Smash Mouth now with Scott Perlman, and they just re- recently did a, a pass through. I want to say in the last month or so. Really? Um, with um, they also went to Sturgis and, oh, yeah. and worked the big stage at Sturgis side at Woody's yeah. place on the Buffalo Chip. Um, but uh, went to, I think, New Zealand and did Smash Mouth. Yeah, and, they're, they're you know, great. I mean, everybody I've ever known associated with them. Being there at San Jose Band uh, has always been you know, top notch, really bringing a good game. Yeah, and their music is awesome. And yeah, it's they're fun. And they're it's fun. so well produced. That's a, like, yeah, that's what I would call it. I would know. say it's one of those fun bands. Yeah. I just I remember just... doing them on a boat one, one day, and Pat was, that was the only tech deck or audio engineer that came out yeah. with them. And I set up his X32, and my buddy that was helping me brings up the uh, Shrek for some reason, and he just starts <laughs> laughing, going yeah. off on this whole thing. I'm just like, man, it must be nice to have you know such an establishment of money in place, but also have all these other tie-ins with movies and everything else. It's yeah, like, they did pretty good with that stuff. They you know they also had a, I think songs on on like a movie with Vin Diesel. Or, yeah, you know. That's you know, that's a that's the jackpot right there. That's yeah. really doing. But it's also the writer. To, I mean, Greg Camp is the original guitar player. He's an amazing songwriter. Yeah. Know? Now he's doing soundtracks in L.A. and stuff like that. Sure. For TV shows and, and movies. But I used to work with Urbano too, Michael Urbano, Urbano years yeah, yeah. ago. A friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, studio. Well, I think it was Jingletown Studios at the time, just after it became a uh, after 880. Oh, its transformation. Yeah. And uh, I had no idea. I met the guy several times, recorded his drums, killer yeah. guy. Never knew he was part of Smash Mouth until yeah. one day he brings it up. I'm like, okay, that's why. You're yeah, yeah. He's, out of the he's a great drummer and, and like just a great guy, too. Yeah. A very talented man, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I know you did, dabbled a little bit, and again, because you know, I want to point out that there's many ways yeah, to skin a little bit a cat of everything, yeah. That you dabbled in uh, doing some audio for gaming. I did. Uh, very little, but yeah, it was it was fun because I I like playing video games myself, so that was kind of cool. This was a f- uh, many years back uh, out in a studio in, in San Francisco called DCP. Uh, it was a game called Tomba, I believe, and, and mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. You know, characters come in and they start just. It's weird because these people come in and do crazy voices that doesn't fit their persona at all, mm-hmm. which was very interesting. But then also working with producers who are doing. Gaming is very different than working with producers who are doing music. Sure. Know? So they have a different perspective on things, and they already have the end game of what they're going to be, what they're looking for. So you have to cater to that, you know. So all those, even though it was a, a short uh, experience, you know, it teaches you another way of working with a producer, you know, another way of working with a client, you know, that has a different view, a different approach on where you normally. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if anybody has any questions about, oh, have you ever done? Latin music, yes, I have. Have you done rock? Yeah, have you done punk rock? Have you done metal? Yes, yes to all of those, you know. So, yeah. and it's not that I was trying to do all of it just for sake of doing it, just opportunities presented themselves. Sure. And, and I took them. Yeah. And because of that, I had that experience. Uh, but the video game thing, I wish I would have had more, uh, given that I am a fan of video games and I play them possibly too much. Sure. But, uh, but the, yeah, that was, that was a cool experience too. Yeah, I bet it was fun. Let me ask you, has being, you know, we're in a country that's oddly proud of being monolingual, and which is strange, you know, if you lived yeah. in Britain, you'd probably know French, or maybe even German, um, and uh, even potentially Spanish, yeah. um, and, and vice versa, Spain, Spanish people tend to know French and English. Um, has being bilingual helped you in your career? I think it's helped me once I have the gig. Sure. Um, when I get that way. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's helped because there's times, mostly when I'm traveling in Latin countries, that perhaps, you know, uh, all the local crew doesn't speak English at all. Mm-hmm. And maybe our crew doesn't speak Spanish, and I happen to speak Spanish, then I can literally help them out. You're the you bridge. Know? I'm the bridge between them. Sure. Or, or, so, so it's very helpful in, in situations like that or, or advancing shows. You know, when we're going with Smash Mouth or, or whoever we're going to Latin America and I'm advancing shows, 
and you hear the promoter or the production manager trying to do it all in English, I'm like, don't worry about it. We can do this in Spanish. I'm like, really? Oh, man, it's yeah. so much easier now. We can well, discuss the writer. It's got to be a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage sure. uh, uh, in that sense for sure, you know. Right. I think it's... Uh, I think it's, I wish I knew more languages. I mean, I, when I go to Brazil, I can pick it up very quickly, kind of. Portuguese. You know, Portu you know yeah. Portuguese, but anything else, uh, uh, I wish I, sp I spoke more languages, you know. And Portuguese I, is kind of a bastardized Italian Spanish thing. That's, yeah, it kind of sounds it, like it, that, yeah. yeah but a, it's a beautiful language. Oh, it is. Man, it's the way lovely. It it's sounds, the lovely people, yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, I love the fact that when we go to other countries, a lot of places they do speak English mm -hmm. and many other languages. It's an international you know? language. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish. We you know, we go through Quebec or, and it, there's just, and, and there were opportunities when you we were young, but I came up in the punk rock scene and paying attention in school wasn't really high on the list. So, yeah, yeah when it came to the language courses, I routinely did not do well. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Um, uh, so I know you work with uh, Sugar Ray. I have so. Uh, myself, I'm still a little uh, affected by. Um, how is your interaction with Sugar I, Ray and Mark It, it was mostly, uh, you know, we did a, a, a show in Manila that was, that part of that actually was uh, uh, David, their guy, wasn't able to make it because of something happened at Hila Messi's fight or something. Uh. We were going to the Philippines. Okay. So that was one one instance where where I stepped in to do the uh, front of house and 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 uh, and then when we did that other VH1 thing that I was telling you with Jim Blossoms, right? They were part of it too because they were all part of this '90s tour that they were doing. That's right. So while we were doing that tour, there were many times where you know we would step in and help each other out when someone will like. I can't make it because of this. I gotta go, and someone will step in and help you and fill in for you. Sure. So I, I was able to do it a few times for them, and then Mark McGrath also does some solo stuff. Yes, as he well, does. Uh -huh. uh, where he does corporate events mm -hmm. and things like that. So That's then, true. so then I was able to do that with them, with a, a, a San Francisco band actually, which, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Notorious, maybe. Uh, that will, will be like the house band, and then they will have Mark McGrath, and they will have. Steve Harwell from Smash Run, like they would always do that. And they did that with Dee Snyder, and they would do that with Lou Graham from Foreigner. Sure. So they would do several things like that where they had a house band and they had this many and great singers, them. and I, I got the opportunity to do that for them several times. Lou Graham is a hell of a singer. I always Man, enjoyed and, and He would have built it. Still, like he was like, great voice. I couldn't, this was a few years back, but I remember at the time we were all hearing that he was, you know, he was ill or whatever. That's right. He would walk in, and if you close your eyes and not, watch it it was just like the record spot on like, spot on like yeah, he was i don't a true know pro it was a real pro and d snyder too he has this such a powerful voice i had no idea like i mean yes i mean we heard the records of course and stuff but yeah. live he was just like on it on it on fire and he even did a uh highway to hell as a cover yeah and it was perfect it was perfect. He's, he just has that rock and roll voice. Back know? in the day before Twisted Sister was Twisted Sister, as we know him, all colorful up in the hair and everything. Yeah. When they would, and they were, they were had that shtick, but it was pre-fame. They would put on these shows that would just rip the place apart. It was so not what you think of the modern Twisted Sister when yeah. you kind of associate Twisted Sister and they know we're not going to take it thing. Yeah. Man, they would just, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. It was, it was almost punk rock in yeah. and, and the attitude and it was, it was a really well-established thing. Their live show was notorious, like a must-see. That they just they would just come and kick ass. But yeah, um, Sugar Ray also had, was kind of two bands in my my mind the original uh, illuminated brownies album was this amazing amalgam of kind of uh, uh, rhythm and blues a little bit of a rap beat with yeah. this crazy hard hard rock and they had songs like green machine i love that version of them and and they they kind of slowly went over into the more commercial poppy thing yeah. which is where they found success yeah and, and i remember even on the album where fly was there yeah even the rest was like punk rock still yeah yeah but they had that one or two singles that were just super exactly. poppy and pretty. Yeah. But you know they what they, what they had dime. to do is they yeah. could turn on a dime yeah. and, and all of a sudden be blowing your mind. And the live show is super entertaining. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's a hell of an entertainer. He's a natural, oh, yeah. you know. He's a natural. And now he's, he's doing the talk show bit and yep. that whole thing. He's doing thing the radio show thing and, and he's he's great at it. He's just very charismatic, you know. That's right. 
Yeah. He's very charismatic. And he's kind yeah. of a looker, you know. He's kind of got the package, you know. Yeah. Um, I know you did the Carson Daly show. I did some stuff back in the days before he was on. This is NBC, right? Yeah. I did some stuff with him back when uh, MTV in New York. Uh, what? Tell me about that. Was, that, that, was all, that was also, I don't know if uh, somehow I got a, a mixed in there, but that was all part of with Smash Mouth, too. We did a, a house band one week where we were his house band. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and... and uh, it was pretty interesting because, uh, again, that, w and that was actually, man, that was many years ago. It was probably one of the first big TV things that I was, that I was part of yeah. with, with the band. But uh, it, w it was at the time where they weren't even, you know, the, the, the house engineers would be a little more protective about the final product. So even if you come in with an artist, you were not allowed to touch the board. You know, it was more like, wow. you know, you tell us, what your artist wants and we'll go you know, and we'll do it yeah but that's not the same some artists don't like that or don't go for it they want that trust that you you're there you yeah know? that's right uh so so yeah but it worked out and we were there for a week and we're we were the house band and then at the end we actually played the performance as part of the music guest sure you know? sure so it was pretty cool yeah it sounds really special yeah and they have a history i think somehow uh, i don't want to use the word discover but uh carson daly was the one who play Smash Mouth, I think, for the first time and and uh, on MTV it, days. On K, is it K Rock in LA? Oh, like, KROQ. Okay, yeah, I think he sure. played it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So there's that connection. They were friends here somewhere. So right on. Yeah. So I, I think that's the connection that they have, and it kind of. Uh, for a long know, time, uh, Carson Daly had his finger on the pulse. You know, I think he's kind of went into the morning show game, and you know, yeah. he's kind of transitioned into the. He's also another guy. I mean, he's doing the voice, or he was doing the voice, and, and yeah. he's also very charismatic. And oh yeah. He's you know need to be on these TV shows. You know. Sure. I haven't done. That's something that I would love to do. Be like a music mixer, for TV only. That would be a good like gig from when Pretty I want to stop job, touring, wouldn't it? It, it, it sounds like it, but I've seen these guys, they have some deadlines, man. Yeah. Like when they're there, it's like, it's pressure. Yeah. Some of the stuff, even if, even if they get to mix it after, it's after, but minutes after, and they, they have to turn it in because they have to go to New York. To New York, right? exactly. So it's, it's, it's not, it, you would think it's cake. It is, but there's pressure. You know, executives it's, always going in and out. Yeah, and, sure, yeah. But I like that. I like that pressure, and I think I could handle it, and I think... And because I have the studio background, mixing studio stuff, I feel that I can uh, contribute to that. Like, I, I think I could... Uh, yes. uh, I did a... It, that was a recording credit that uh, we did a live show here in um, the Shoreline. Mm, great view. Venue. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, one of those festivals. The Download Festival, perhaps? Yeah. And uh, I was... Uh, they were trying to capture a, a live recording yes. out of the Shoreline to, yeah. to make public. Yeah. Well, it's a rough I'm sure to, to get to I'm sound sure they were doing called. it. They were going to compile it with many other shows and make sure. one out of it. Yeah, yeah. But this was one capture that I got hired to do, which was pretty cool, you know. And uh, it was a long day festival, but my role was strictly just to record them, and I mixed monitors for everybody else before them. Wow. Uh, so it was pretty interesting. A lot of fun, pretty, I bet. Yeah, and and long day. Ro like. Long day. Robert Smith was when the other bands were playing. Robert Smith standing here next to me, and I'm like thinking. Man, this, that's Robert Smith, man. I grew up with that guy. Yeah, yeah, like, standing on the And beach. I used to not, like, I used to always be that guy, don't ask for anything, don't it. And, and I still am in certain situations. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of now, I feel like, you know what, if the opportunity presents itself and if it's the proper timing, why not ask? Are you, are you talking about fanboying? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, boy. A little bit. Yeah, but. I, I normally never do it. Yeah, me either. And I didn't do it that day, but I regret it. It's my point. Huh? My point is that I regret not saying, hey, can we take a quick picture? He was standing with me basically while the whole band was playing there, just hanging out. It was super hot, and he was full on yeah, yeah, so he did, makeup he, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did yeah. a show with him at uh, Spartan Stadium. Um, it was, I forget what the album it was he was supporting, but Dinosaur Jr. had opened up, and they sounded like, like I don't know, uh, a cat being murdered, and <laughs> oh, and then no, it was rough. And and you know, Jay Marquez was out there just losing his mind, and 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 then up come uh, the cure. And I swear to frigging Christ, I had to go stage right and make sure that they weren't somehow cheating. It sounded like an album. It was, and this is at the Spartan Stadium. This is outdoor, you know, wide open, really hard place to make work. Yeah. And it was it was priceless. I mean, they yeah. really no, when they, they I'm, 
when I, they bring it, I they bring his it. name, but he's a great engineer. Yeah, it's a really, really great crew and a solid, solid band, and a lot of fun. And like you said, they're kind of the soundtrack to our young lives, you know, in yeah. many ways, in many for many. I mean, ways. I wish I would have worked with him for many other days, but that was just a, a, another one-off, another one of those cool one-offs that I, yeah. I, you know, I treasure. You know, one of those things, but. Uh, Nice from the to same have on area. The same. I'm sorry. Nice to have on the resume. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't. When I actually send a resume, I don't, I don't, I don't put them, but I have it on my website as a as something that I've done. But I don't put that on my official resume per se because I didn't. It wasn't long term. You know? Sure, I got you. But uh, uh, but they're from the same era, Steel for Fears, and which exactly. I love, and that was a great actually. That hey, was cool. Hey, hey, stop it. You're jumping ahead. Oh, sorry. You're jumping What the hell? Um, I know you worked uh, with uh, the Latin Grammys. What's that about? Was that just going in with Same Enrique? Same thing. Enrique, yeah. Enrique Pitbull. I think we did a... a, a what was the one we did? We did it was, yeah, it was, it was Enrique with uh, India. Um, and that was also a Latin Grammy performance. And that's crazy because you also... That particular show, I remember you don't even have contact almost with your artist. You're like, monitor board is not even remotely close yeah. to anywhere that it needs to be. Sure. You don't even have visual contact. You don't, you know. You're it's, doing it's, it through a screen. You, and you, not even, well, yeah, I always have screens actually in our shows. I have yeah. a multi-view. Yeah. But it's more like you tell sometimes someone, that's someone tells someone that makes it all the way down to the stage and then they tell them, how are you doing? Is anything else missing? <laughs> they ask the artist. <laughs> Because it's actually the most convenient way to do it. Because if you actually make my, if I'm trying to make my way all the way down there, yeah, they waste too much time. Everything's just like it's all happening on comms so quick. Everything's on calm. Yeah, you know? of course. No, that, I mean the, you know, that's you know, <coughs> like me. I said, most of the TV experience that I've been able to to have has been through the artists that I work with. You know, sure. And and you know, we do all the all the European shows and the MTV Awards in Europe and right. You know, all the talk shows in Europe and all that stuff. So you know. Well, another thing that just popped into my mind on the cards. Uh, you know, I know you've traveled. That's my favorite part of the job. Yeah. Is you've traveled quite a bit around this planet. Uh, what's your favorite region? I love so it's, it's mind-boggling, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just you look at it and you're like, how did they get that dome to stay up there? Yes. And then, you know, a thousand years ago. Yeah. It's and, and then there's crazy. another city called Eph Ephesus that... Uh, Ephesus. Ephesus, yeah. Uh -huh. That, you know, you can see the different cultures there. That oh, yeah. are like, Roman, you know, the Roman, the Holy the Greek, Roman Empire. The Greek, that's right. Like, all everything's there. all there mm -hmm. as you're walking around the that's ruins. Right. It's a freaking history class. Difference. It's yeah. pretty interesting. You know? Yeah, no, and it's amazing. I would say Turkey, you know... When well, you sorry? when you go out on the road with these bands, do you work for a sound image or a certain company? I've or do been you a freelancer directly? all my life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I, I guess is kind of cool in a way, but I don't know. I mean, like that was just the path that I chose that worked out for me. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if it it, it delayed anything. I don't know if because for me it was just a natural path to 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 do. You know, freelancer. Yeah, but you know, I know the last time we saw you, you were down at the headquarters in San Diego, uh, prepping up a, your for tour Enrique, for yeah. Enrique Iglesias, yeah. right? So he'll work out of shops, but it will usually be the shop gets the tour, and then he goes to whoever that shop is. Yeah, we've been with Sound Image uh, as our as our preferred vendor for a few years now. Yeah, and and um, it's been great, you know. Ever since we switched, it's been great. Uh -huh. So we're we're always very grateful with them and, and Spagu and everybody in the shop. Mikey Spagu, sure. Yeah, yeah and, no, and it's our pleasure. That's the, yeah, and that's they, the and name they, of, the of course. And everybody's always been really good to us. So uh, it makes our tours just go smoothly and, and everything, you know. And we're already in in the preparation and the talks and, and just it's all in a blocked off in the big room yeah, down probably. there and it's just like you know, just waiting. do not touch Enrique I've seen it. yeah you got yeah. your it own was down bay, there man. Yeah, yeah it's it's a pretty yeah. cool rig and and, and uh, uh, like I mentioned before like I this stuff like video is very useful to me because sometimes the stages are so large and shows you know so demanding in certain ways that I don't have a visual with with my artists you know so having a multi view screen I have all the camera shots of, of my artists. I can see just by facial expressions if something's happening or if anything's wrong or whatever portion, but working together with someone from video to help you and have make sure you have the screen and, and, and you know, very helpful for me, you know? Oh, absolutely. I couldn't. Uh, visual cues for us sometimes can be extraordinarily helpful. Exactly. But of course, the comm is irreplaceable. You always got to have your comm. 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in constant communication uh, via talkback. Uh, there's talkback sold throughout the stage. Mm -hmm. So if uh, at any moment anybody needs anything, you know, we can just communicate that way. Sure. Oh, we I got can communicate questions. with everybody individually. So. Uh, well, he, he says that the people from the outside world. Who oh, is this? Wow. Oh, yeah, So uh, we got Steve Orgain. Uh, that, that's our fabulous friend from Chef's Touch. Was Eddie with Smash Mouth for a Coca-Cola promo in Sacramento? If you don't know, you don't go. <laughs> when was this? I don't know. We'll give Steve a chance to, to rebuttal. Um, Charlie asks, Eddie, what do you feel like is the biggest challenge mixing? Um, I will say in, in this case, or mixing monitors, it's, is uh, letting go of, of of your own thing, you know, because we're mixing for someone else, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a, it's a job of service, you know, uh, a lot of times what you feel is better, it's not better for the person performing, it's, it's, it's what they want to get, what they need to perform. That's correct. You know, uh, you know, there's singers who only want the click track and the guitar and maybe a little bit of, of the keyboards and that's it. And you're like, but that's, that's sound right. Like what, why would, that's what they need and they're happy, you know? Yeah, that's right. Or there's like sort of a record mix, you know? Like, like with Gwen, she gets a full mix with delays and everything, you know? Uh, and I'm, if you were to sit next to me and I'm constantly mixing, it's like tons of cues throughout the, throughout the song, uh, and then I have snapshots on top of that. Sure. Then that makes uh, uh, her mix sound more balanced and, and, and she likes it and she's happy. If she's singing really soft or Enrique's singing really soft, you bump them up right on that part. When they start singing back to normal, you move. Totally you can't just set it and forget it. You know. So I would say the most challenging thing is is to get out of your, your own head and just make sure that you you think of it as a as a service to the artist to make sure you're mixing for them and to what makes them comfortable to be able to give a good show to the audience. You know? Fantastic. No, that makes perfect sense. I wanted to ask you about the Kings of Chaos, the supergroup. Tell oh, us about yeah. it. That was a project you were on. Now, yes. explain to I the did. audience who the Kings of Chaos are. That was, Kings of Chaos is basically, how can I put this? Guns N' Roses without Axel, and then Dave Kushner is in there as well, which means it's Velvet Revolver yeah. without, uh, without Scott uh, Wellen. Yeah. So that already is a super, two super bands, technically speaking. Yeah. And then they have guest uh, singers. So they had Gillian Hughes from Deep Purple. They had Joe Elliott from um, Def, Leppard. Def Leppard. They had uh, uh, Ed Roland from Collective Soul and Miles Kennedy from Alter Bridge. Yeah, Miles Kennedy, he's always yeah. finding his way into people's bands. So, uh, so it's just an amazing band. And of course, what, yeah. they, what do they do? They play their hits. Uh, that they play the I, bands that they've been in hits in there. Yes, and they kill So and, and and a few others like they did a David Bowie cover. Sure. And like, but of course they did some Guns N' the Guns N' Roses hits. They did the Flepper hits and yeah. so so on. And then uh, I did production manager for them in front of house. And I was be, with Matt Sorum, drummer. I was able to get a little bit involved with the creative side because uh, as I was handling the production, we were discussing you know, walking on stage and how we're going to do this and that. And, and we're like, we should have an intro and, you know, it's the Kings of Chaos. Sure. Let's make it regal and blah, 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 you know. Right. So he, because he, he's a great musician, not just a drummer, he came up with some cool intros and we put it together. And then I spoke to the, uh, the lighting team and video content people. And this was a South African tour that we did. And uh, back and forth with the content and pyro, where are we going to trigger this? We, so I got to be part of the creative side, which was pretty interesting. You know, it was pretty yeah, a lot of exciting. Fun. Of course, you have to keep in mind that I'm a child of the 80s, so I grew up with these guys when Appetite for Destruction came out. I was like, and I'm in Peru still. And this is like, oh my God, you know. Yeah. So, and then I get to work with them. I get to hang out with Slash and Duff. And it was exciting. very exciting and very great to mix. I mean, it was very cool. I mean, it was, I mean, I don't know, one of those once in a lifetime because that band varies every time. Oh yeah. The version before that was I think Steve Stevens and uh, Billy Idol's guitarist. Yes. And, and badass and, guitarist. And uh, the singer for Skid Row. Uh, uh, sure, Sebastian Bach. Sebastian Bach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they always had different versions of the band but I think Matt Sorum was always there and 
because he was the leader driving that. I spent time with him with the Colt. Yeah. He was a hell of a drummer in no, the Colt. Great oh, drummer. Fun His guy. timing is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He One likes, of the best rock drummers for yeah, me. Yeah, super, super good rock Yeah, drummer. so that was definitely a, a highlight, I guess, in my career. And, that I, I love. I treasure that one, that experience. Yeah, you're very lucky. Very. That, that was a, Especially was a, that lineup. Exactly. And that particular lineup and that yeah. particular time. Yeah. Because then they changed it. The next one was Steven Tyler, which would have been awesome. Steven Tyler and Nuno Bentancourt, I think. And, Nina Bentancourt, yeah. Yeah, Nuno Bentancourt. And then uh-huh. uh, a couple of the guys, I don't remember, to be honest. So it changed. And I just feel that I got lucky that I had the, I feel that it was the best lineup. No offense to any of the other no, lineups. No, I, no, just, no. I just feel that that was one of the best ones. You, know? you rolled in at the right time, it sounds yes, like to me. Yes, that's basically timing, you know? Oh, yeah. Steve got back to you. He, uh, what are you saying? What's said Steve said maybe 2000, Sacramento Civic? No. I, was, I started with Smash Mouth in 2005. So Steve, Steve is a god. He's, gonna, he's actually booked to be on this show. He's the caterer I was mentioning. He's worked for, oh, nice. worked for everybody. Bill Graham. I mean, the stories he's got are ridiculous. And he makes amazing food and he's a sweetheart of a guy. He's coming in to tell us about that whole lane of, of awesome. rock and roll. And that would oh, be he's fun. He's stories threw, forever. Oh, dude, seriously. <laughs> you know, uh, sitting around the table, yeah, he, get, he gets Clint, it. Clint chimed in again. He asked, uh, how did you like working the Latin Grammys with Chichi Alara? Uh, well, Chechi Lara was the, he was the MD for the for the actual yeah. Latin Grammys. I didn't have to interact with him because I was there. I was there with with Enrique only, you know. Okay. So and, and Chechi didn't wasn't participant of of the arrangements and stuff that we did for for Enrique. It was just it was he had just other duties. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes yeah. perfect sense. Uh, we want to say hi to uh, Clint, by the way. Clint from Crew Music Asia. How you doing, Clint, baby? Um, great to see you. And uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bianca, our uh, guest from last week, is absolutely wonderful. Um, how'd you like working with Lost Lonely Boys? They were really they're great. Band. Yeah, I, we. Uh, I was telling actually George earlier. Uh, my brother, being also a producer, a musician. Yeah. He was. Uh, he executive produced an album that was Cretan songs done by Latin rock artists. <laughs> cool. Like Menard and I stuff heard like this. Yeah, they, they did a, a, they got, well, they got Juan Gabriel, they got Ananito Verdes, they got a bunch, they got a, anyway, just a bunch of them. Los Lonely Boys was one of them. Yeah. And then uh, they actually came to record it here at Fantasy Studios. No kidding. And, you know, at that point I was traveling a lot and everything, and then he, he goes, hey, look, you know, I have this song that, you know, Los Lonely Boys just recorded. It's, just, it's Born in the Bayou. Can you mix it? I'm like, sure, you know, I would love to, you know. So, you know, I did my first draft of it as I was traveling, and then I came and finished it at my house, in the studio of my house. And That album was incredible. Yeah, the CCR one? Yeah. Did you like it? The, oh, I the, loved it, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool because everybody had their own interpretation of That's right. Of these really cool songs. You classic know? songs. Well, Very it had the glue yeah. of the room, yeah. too. Since yeah. it was done at Fantasy, you could hear all of the... Fantasy's a special legend, place. You know, the echo chamber. Yeah, you could yeah. hear the, the yeah. stereotypical room that you were in. It was awesome. Yeah, so I got the opportunity to mix that song for them, and, and uh, their feedback was that they like to make we did um, I think one one maybe two very minor revisions mm-hmm. and it was done so it was pretty cool yeah those guys were a lot yeah. of fun and yeah. ironically too with, with Smash we've done lots of festival with them you know I yeah. mean we've been on the same stage with them but not, but as far as doing a project for them that was the the one that was CCR the CCR uh, that was a studio project you know? well so it had to be a lot of fun you got <clears throat> it's a tricky question um, do you have a favorite memory of the many years that you've been in this business? One moment that just jumps Ooh. out to you like, God, that was special. Kind of, like you were mentioning fanboying a little bit with uh, Robert Smith. Smith. As close as I ever got was I had a moment with Greg Aubin, who's 6'5 yeah. and got hair down to here in, in a trench coat. You know, and I, I, for yeah. a minute I got a little nervous and I've hung out with hundreds of rock stars, and, but that one, he, I will say, he to be honest, a little bit. you know, after working with Enrique and Christine and Gwen, which I'm a fan of them for sure, and I love them. And great he, artists. And, and, uh, and I continue to work with them, and it's great. The one thing that has been special for me was Tear for Fears. Because so good. their production, because again, having a studio background myself, even though I was going to mix monitor for them, I was mixing monitor for them, uh, my goal was to make it be like 
like the record, like all the effects, delays, reverbs, get it, reverbs on yeah. the snare, and oh, yeah. get all that for them, and with their vocal right on top, so they can you know perform and be happy about it, and and it was very gratifying, and they were not that it's a surprise because I guess people are people, but they were so nice, they were such nice people, yeah, and their music was so amazing that. I, I think I hold that as probably one of the best memories in, in the career, you know, because it's, I don't know, it's one of those things. I mean, it is a, an incredibly, yeah. I, it's so dense and so yes. well realized, yes. and there's some brilliance in there. There's actual genius moments in that. Yeah, album. and it has this and nostalgic can, feeling to it. Just, just, wow. That, yeah. You know, and then they would bring it and they could do it live. Yes. And they could do it live, yeah. especially with the help of guys like you making it all come to fruition. Yeah, they're special, special guys, and uh, and uh, I could see how that'd be one of your favorite moments. Yeah, and I wanted to mix, uh, you know, because I'm a front of house engineer by heart because that's what I've always done mostly. Mm. Most of my last, you know, high profile clients have been monitors, but I was asked to do first from the house and for them, and I was like, great, this is going to be awesome. I'm programming my offline thing and I'm like getting ready and just listening to the music and making notes and then I get the call saying oh you know after all no because it was a situation where front house was leaving I was going to come in and then that other gig fell through he came back and said hey do you mind if we go back we restore I'm like sure dude no problem a day later he goes we actually need someone monitors are you interested in monitors I'm like yes I am <laughs> So I just had to turn everything around and apply it to be for monitors. Sure, you know? sure. But, your file. but I mean, I mean, again, the goal was to replicate those records, you know, for who, you know, at least present it that way. And if they didn't want all the bells and whistles, then I would tone it down. But yeah, but they really seemed to enjoy the mixes. And then in the future, I was asked to do more and more, and, and I just wasn't available. But I did like a good year or so with them, and it was great. We yeah. did South America. Asia. Yeah, they it kill it. Like, it their amazing. live show is All impressive. All the US tours, like, yeah. they're so good. Yeah, they're so good. really great. Let me ask you, uh, we're going to wrap up, but do you have any advice? I mean, again, you've been doing this for a minute. This is, you ain't new to this, and you've seen the whole world, and you've toured with some of the biggest pop acts in it. Um, you got any advice for the youngsters out there coming up in this crazy time in this business? This is kind of another take on a question we ask frequently, what the future holds, but maybe it's better to say, what do you think that some of the people in the audience that might be watching might uh, need to do to keep their passion alive and and the hope that they'll be out there doing the stuff that we've done i will say uh something i mentioned earlier that is pretty important too is is don't stop asking if you don't know something ask yeah uh i i, I strongly believe on, on ethics too like Oh boy! Don't try to like you know uh, mislead artists. Don't try to mislead when it comes to the business side. Just try to always be honest, be ethical, be it on time. Learn. Don't think you know it all. You're gonna learn something from even someone who maybe has a less extensive career than you. You're gonna learn something. Someone That's who's right. just starting out might have a different way of getting to this point, and you're gonna go, "Oh wow, I didn't think of that." Like That's, that's right. brilliant. That's Let right. me try it. And then you try it and you, you know, accommodate it to your own way. Mm -hmm. But you learn it from someone who hasn't been doing it as long. Never feel that just because you've been doing it longer, you know it all, which is not true. Every day I'm learning something. And I mean every day, not just on audio-wise, but now that we've been doing all this, uh, uh, we're stuck at home. With I've been learning streaming. about video and, yeah. and streaming, yeah. which is a whole other headache. But, <laughs> but I've learned a lot because of it. Sure. So uh, that'll be my advice. Just constantly keep learning. Not, not to put ourselves at that level, but you know how doctors have to keep always learning what the new Well, that's are. why it's called practicing medicine. Correct. Exactly. They're, they're, they're working it out but, still. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, I, I, I apply that same philosophy, you know, just constantly keep learning. Always, you know, uh, uh, don't make assumptions. Just try. If you, if you have an issue, just ask, you know. It's and great like advice. I said, most people will tell you. Yeah, no. This is how you do it. It's great advice. You know? you, you, there's uh, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yes. And in this business, with it constantly uh, evolving, the technology constantly evolving, and uh, it helps to just 
be brave and step up yeah, to the guys and that are doing and it. And don't take no for an answer, too. I'm actually, that's just my personality. I'm very stubborn and I'm very persistent. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to get a lot of no's. I used to call, you know, Slims and sure. Burger Square, what, make, whatever making club the rounds. Was, that's hey, right. you know, I'm... But I just kept calling and calling and calling. And little by little, I just... You know, and look you, at you now. Seriously, I mean, you toured I, the world. You worked with some of the greatest artists. Yeah, that it's tenacity. And is I'm a not huge done. I'm part. the sky's the limit still. That's right, baby. Still Absolutely growing. Right. You know? Such a nice guy. It'd be an honor to go out on the road with you at some point. Yes. Oh my God! Thank you, man. That means a lot to me. Let's try to find a, a show it. when the, when this thing called swings back around. And uh, we, so, and so we can put you guys together because this little brainiac right here, between your badassness and this kid, these kids <laughs> nowadays, some of them are pretty sharp. And I have him, I have him training some of our, uh, the other youngsters and some of our old pros on some of the more uh, uh, modern uh, equipment that we run. And uh, yeah, he, he's sharp as a tech. Uh, I really thank you for coming out here. Seriously, Eddie, it, it, it's it's an honor to have you on the show. It's it's really a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your memories with us. And you know, we wish you continued success. And I hope to see you out there on the road, my brother. Man, thank you guys for having me here. It's been it's been a pleasure. And and you know, hopefully, I'll see you soon. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thanks, man. Hey guys, we really appreciate you coming out here. It looks like we've had quite a bit of, uh, I like this, the interaction on the, um, the comments section. Tony Bancalana, my good friend, Clint, like a Clint from Career Music Asia. And hey, Pat, we're sending out a box to you, buddy. Clint, we're sending out a, some swag to you. We just packed um, it up, it's coming. Yeah, uh, Cher Campbell <laughs> is getting a box. We, we were waiting to get all this stuff together. And uh, let's see, there was four boxes. It was a, oh, and then Patrick O'Rourke. Yep, yeah, he's getting a box too. They're all over on the table labeled everybody's got to drop them off at the, the post office tomorrow. Thank you for being our core crew. We really appreciate you guys. Charlie Zerichi's a badass brother and a half. And oh, by the way, anybody wants a pocket reference, we'll send something out to you. Um, we do this thing every week at seven uh, on Thursdays, right? Is it seven on Thursdays? Oh it's my eight. God, your old man I is know. kicking I, in. I'm just, I don't know, you know. <laughs> I should have wrote it down somewhere. Is that what it is? Okay. All right. Um, and, and But we couldn't do it without the, the help and the partnerships we formed with uh, uh, our good people and friends at Sound Image Productions and my uh, brother, general manager, George Edwards. Thank you, my brother. Thanks, George. <laughs> Actually, he chimed in today Did when he, he was talking was and he said, EAW swag is on its way. It's in route. Uh, see, as it should be, thank you to George Edwards and Jim Newhouse, the CEO of uh, EAW. He's a brother, and we love the guy, and so that's not surprising. Um, right on. And, and by the way, a shout-out to the captain, the, the, the captain, my captain, uh, David Shadone. Dave Shadone of Southern California Sound Image. Really, without him, man, we're sunk. We got nothing. So thank you, Dave. You're the man. You're the boss, and Thanks, we you know, bow before you. Um, sure. Also, to our good friends over at LSV, uh, this is John Rigney's house, you know, in loving memory of John Rigney, uh, he passed recently. He, he shared this vision with us. He, he gave us uh, access to uh, large screen video. We, we really couldn't do it without you guys, and our heart's still, you know, beating for you. Um, we're here anytime you need us. And the good, good people over at Slow Fiber, they help us out with the social distancing, and they make our masks say, into the custom masks so our people and our other shops can, um, you know, do work and feel like they can operate safely and with their little sound image brand on the front. We love them, I swear. The front of these masks are actually made with grill cover. We were just kind of keeping in this. They fit so well, yeah, though. Yeah, right. She, she has a way of making the, those the, that the, fit. The, my the people at Sound at Slow Fiber really do it right. They're they're great people, and um, and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And of course, I couldn't do without this without my my LD Alan Pettibone. Uh, he makes the lights come on so we can see this. And uh, thank you, LD Thanks, Lampy Man. He's the guy. And of Number course, one moth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just plan with you, Al. You know we love you, baby. And and then, of course, uh, Mike Brown. Really, I, I just get up and bow to Mr. Mike Brown because he really carries this whole thing. He's he's throwing in the slides. He's doing the audio. He's doing everything but the lights. And so, thank you, Mike Brown. You yes. are... He's got... I know he has long hair, but he's got a, another set of eyes in the back. I don't know how he does it, man. <laughs> I, like we said, we call him the octopus because he's like down. He's him. on the RF. He's switching over here. He's <laughs> dialing in the, the audio. You know, just a fucking badass. Thank you, Mr. Brown. You're the, you are the best, and that's why he's the director and executive executive producer, co-executive producer. That's right. Yes. And, and of course, my, my good friend and cohort uh, in Kyle Thomas. 
Thank you, know? you for having me. Thanks for dealing with me. No, you've been a little grumpy this week, you know, but I've been way grumpier. Remember, I woke up yesterday and I was... Oh, willing, I know. I think I was going to, like, tear you down some buildings. You don't have to buildings. tell the audience. No, they, don't, they know I have a grumpy <laughs> side. I think we had somebody roll up and immediately think, like, yeah, what's wrong? What did I do? <laughs> I was like, you showed up. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah, a weird day. That red sky uh, really threw us all yeah, for a Yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole shot was bent out of shape yesterday. I don't know what it was, but it was just, like, some cosmic thing. I don't know. Nobody died. Nobody died, I can say that day. much. We're no all knives still, got moved from your desk. Yeah, yeah, they were, I was confidently had my shit con, uh, temporarily confiscated for fear of injuring somebody. <laughs> Regardless, listen, we do this every week. We do it for you. Um, keep your chins up. You know, it's a tough time, but keep your chins up, man. We're going to be back. They need us. We need them. We love doing this. What else would we do anyways? Take care of each other. Be well. Please come and see us again next Thursday at 7 p.m. It will be uh, Bob Powers. This guy is the one of the top riggers in rock and roll. I mean, to you, if it's a go to the record store and there's a band in there that's Metallica rolling. Uh, he, he rigged it. He rigged those shows. And he's going to come in here. He's going to talk about it. And he's going to tell us stories. Come back next week. We'll see you then. Until then, take very good care of yourselves. Good night.